Hey, real quick, if you can and you're willing to support us uh, in whatever way you can, we always really appreciate it. With the best ways to do that, go to patreon.com slash podcast, pick a tier that's right for you and support us if you can. We would really appreciate you. Lots of really cool benefits there. Go check them out. Also, don't give up the ship apparel. It's dgutsapparel.com. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool shower shoes, little like uh, drawstring bags, all kinds of cool stuff, a bunch of really cool custom stickers, and then the challenge coins and, and don't give up the ship podcast apparel is there as well. So please, if you can and you're willing to support us, go to those two places uh, and find whatever way works best for you. It's dgutsapparel.com and patreon.com slash podcast. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Uh, so I got a question. Uh, this was a while back. I'm kind of catching up on emails and stuff. If you've emailed me recently and I haven't gotten back to you, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm working on catching up. Um, he well he or she I don't know um didn't specify but the person that messaged me it was it was in relation to the McPon AMA thing um and it, at first it was a general question asking to hear an episode where where I address the leadership issues in, it, that we're dealing with in the Navy I'm like I, I have probably a thousand plus hours of content of me addressing the leadership issues in the Navy but so I was like, can you be a little more specific? Um, and and then I went back and read their some of their comments in that McPon um, AMA thread. And I'm not going to put their handle out there. But um, basically what they say is just, I have no problem acknowledging good leadership when I encounter it. The problem is the large swaths of space and time in which good leadership is an enigma, which I mean, just like missing or elusive, I guess. Um, I also fear that people like you, uh, and he's talking to me because I commented on, he's replying to one of me, my comments. Um, and he said, I also fear that people like you uh, and those of us who have seen people like you in the fleet are a dying breed. I see micromanagement becoming the status quo, leadership becoming the exception. I don't like that it's the case, but I also don't see any other way forward to change it without a fundamental shift in the mindset of those who create policy and try to force feed leadership skills, and he's air quoting, uh, instead of making an example of what good leadership looks like. Case in point, Captain Jervia Loda. He should be in the benchmark, but I don't see that being the case, unfortunately. Uh, and then he he PM'd me um, so I could to suggest the episode, basically. But um, <laughs> the first thing is like, it's like, you're right. Um, and it's you're right otherwise this podcast wouldn't exist you're right and that's why there's all these other things like this that exist but um it's the more i the more i explore this the and and research this and consume like material from within the navy like from within the lifelines of the navy um the more shocked i am with how incompetent the leadership is and when I say that in this context, I just mean like the upper echelon leadership, because like you're right, the functional day to day leaders that you deal with also largely incompetent. Uh, and and just to caveat that before anybody gets pissed off and starts like furiously emailing me uh, like they're. I was incompetent for a long time. Like it, I, I'm saying it as as a term of like the knowledge 
and tools aren't there right and that's not an attack or an insult it's not meant to be that even though i'm sure it sounds harsh but um what it is is we don't take the time to educate leaders we just don't we we are obsessed with training and qualifying people um to do the things that they're supposed to do technically um probably and, and i have an even more acute uh outlook or an acute understanding of that just because the submarine force does it way i like we're way more into that than like the surface navy probably in some other areas of the navy i'm sure like uh like you get into like special warfare communities or like um even like the ct community or like i don't know like people with jobs that are like where you're dealing with hyper classified things or like super dangerous things um where if you're not dialed in you could die uh or you're not dialed in somebody else like something you do could cause people to die right like and that's what i'm what i'm saying that i'm thinking of the intel community but uh but even like just equipment that could kill people right stuff like that so like the the more you get uh the closer you fly to the sun like the more you're gonna see an obsession with training qualification proficiency drills like just training 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 so that so that when something goes horribly wrong you just react right and, and the submarine force is obsessed with that except for leadership right like so and i don't mean like leadership in the submarine force isn't obsessed with it they are because that's otherwise the submarine force culture wouldn't be that but i'm saying they're not obsessed with leadership development like they should be the whole institution should be f obsessed with leadership development and education first and foremost and you know like one B like with a bullet is technical competency. Like I, I want you to know how to fight the ship. It's a huge deal. I don't want you dead. But in order to get to a place where we're taking that seriously and not being micromanaged, and that's a huge part of this discussion is um, is leadership development and education, right? Like it, people like the, the military misses that whole gigantic piece, right? It's not even like, you use the analogy, it's not even like a piece of the pie, it's the fucking pie pan. You know what I'm saying? Like, cook cook analogy, you're welcome. Um, but it's, you can't have one without the other, like you can't get to a place where we're uh, hyper-technically competent, right? Sorry, I'm trying to write down uh, my cursing footnote. <laughs> um, it's, you can't get to a place where you're both uh, deeply committed to uh, training and, and qualification in technical competence and not micromanaged and treated like adults and allowed to like do the things that you think are important and sleep and do, you know what I mean? Like you can't have both without leadership development education and that's why it needs to come first, right? If I develop somebody as a competent leader if i install in you the skills and, and to, to this is the first kind of uh contrarian position i'm gonna have to the person that messaged me is they said they they don't think in their opinion they don't think that you can teach leadership like good leadership they think it's just some inherent like value in a person like it's like a character trait or something or where it's just part of who you are and so you either have it or you don't right um I passionately disagree with that, but 
to get to a place where we have uh, robust leadership development and education, and, and that's like a whole nother, I, I don't even have time for that to figure out how we get there. Uh, and I talk about it all the time on other podcasts, so I'll leave that alone. But it, it's until we arrive at a place where we prioritize over everything. And I know it sounds nuts. I've, I've gotten a lot of pushback from people that think I'm pretty smart and like listen to my podcast. I've got a lot of pushback when I say leadership development and education is the most important thing. It, and it should be our primary uh, concern. And it's like 1A and then 1B is is all the thing all the things that the institution prioritizes as, as, as the top priority right now, right? Like the technical uh, competency and development and whatever, right? So I need you to be able to do the mission, right? And so it's it's a logical fallacy that for me to get you to do the mission, the only thing I need to do, <laughs> and that's the, in, this is in practice, not necessarily in, in conscious discussion, like the Navy genuinely believes they're developing us as leaders. They just don't think it's important enough to make it 1A and devote the enormous amounts of money and and people resources to creating that infrastructure uh, and then feeding people into that pipeline because you're going to take time away from other things. You're going to take money away from other things. You're going to take people away from other things. Um, they don't think it needs to be 1A and have those that type of resources that it it not only needs but it, it deserves like it's it's uh in in order for us to succeed as as an institution I think it it's like our primary concern. Um that's not to say if you just like taught everybody to be good leaders um that and deleted technical competency that that would not be disastrous. Of course it would. That's why it's 1B, <laughs> but it's still 1B, right? You need um, you need people to be just robustly educated leaders. And I'm gonna I'll, I'll come I'm gonna loop back to the why I think you can teach leaders and why I passionately disagree with the statement. Um, and I I would imagine that after I explain that that he's that he or she is gonna be like okay yeah I get it. I mean it's it's just a nuanced thing. It's like I get I get his I get their point and I felt that way at one point as well. Um, it's, if you're not going to make it 1A, right? Like, so for, if, if we're going to pretend technical competency is the most important thing and our ability to fight the ship is the most important thing, um, it's a logical fallacy to, to make that 1A. And, and I say that because you can't, uh, you're not, you're like, you're never going to get to a place where the institution is functioning optimally without robust educate robustly educated leaders just like trained educated on it just engaged dialed in leadership the reason it's so important is because everything they do in those leadership positions right i'm talking like e6 and above probably even lower than that like e5 some e4s right if i mean i had i had a kid uh he's out now and i mean we're gonna do it this dinner soon but he was i called him my leading seaman because he was the guy i gave the work list to every day because i don't have any fleet returnees so it's like there's a lot of people that get put in leadership positions really junior uh his was a his was a unique thing where he was kind of a 
what they would call a born leader in a lot of ways. So like he, he had a lot of potential for leadership. He's a really smart kid and he was driven to get the job done because a lot of it was because he wanted to go home or go to the rack or whatever when we're deployed. But um, the people that are in those positions are the ones that are also charged with what I think is one B and I, and I, that's in my analysis, not in my opinion, uh, in my experience and analysis overall, like it's, it's one B because if you had really great leadership that was charged with implementing all of the programs and training and drills and qualification processes and all the things, right? If you had really great leadership implementing those programs, one, you'd be able to implement them properly uniformly across like platforms like from command to command it wouldn't wildly vary um it would be very effective very robust um because there's even variance in submarine dolphin qualifications even though i think within the skin of the navy it's probably that's probably the bar um i don't like from i don't know how like seal tridents or like eod like well i know eod a little bit just from talking to nick on that one puck and uh from zip but it's like you there's a lot of communities that have good programs that are developed like it's it's kind of like built into your development in the community which i think is great um submarines it's kind of that way too it's like you've got about 12 months from check-in day to get your fish um most people do it a little faster than that uh i took 13 months it's another story for another time (laughs) I was I was a bit of a knucklehead when I was a kid. Um and see like you when you look at those types of qualification programs or even just like watch station per qualification programs. If you look at things like uh the schools that you get sent to to get like like uh dive school for like scuba uh stuff like that. There's a lot of schools and pro and even like NEC schools, technical schools, stuff like that. Um there's a lot of schools that suck. There's a lot of there's a lot of variance in pro, like warfare pin programs, other qualification. Like I've heard people uh, give like give wildly varying accounts of like qualifying diving officer watch on a submarine, or chief of the watch on a submarine. Like the board that they had or the interview that they had to f- the final like qual signature to be qual- pronounced qualified by whoever the qualifier is. Uh, wildly varying accounts of like how difficult they are um, or what they were asked or whatever. So you'd get a lot more parity and a lot like a lot like a high bar, but applied correctly, done correctly. Um, You'd still get because they're dialed in educated leaders that understand what's important. Right. And and it's not to take any importance off mission accomplishment because, duh, that's like the whole reason the the military as as a whole, the whole monster that it is with all the branches and all the things. It's like our mission is to kill people and break their stuff to further the (laughs) national interest of the United States. So, um, it, of course the mission comes first, but right now the military is there's, they're feeling the pain. Every branch seems to be feeling the pain, but I'm, you you know, uniquely aware of the Navy stuff because I follow it. and, And obviously I was in for 21 years. Um, everybody's struggling with manning and retention right now so logical progression is every unit's undermanned like seagoing and shore duty everybody's hurting um so now those ships are deploying with less people to do the same really hard thing 
they're still doing the same brain dead approach to training and qualifications that's just like this i'm just gonna beat you over the head with a hammer until you're until you're proficient qualified trained whatever you want to call it um and if you if we had competent leadership that had the tools to understand why those things are bad that had the tools to just understand human needs and why those things are so important uh and that addressing those needs will get them a fully functional like fully functional sailor and then when you address those things uh you also get like an optimally functioning sailor like fully functional is important optimally functional is the goal right like i would say like fully functional is step one because i don't think i mean i don't know if in my entire career i was fully functional even when i was young i think i thought i was um but yeah you're sleep deprived and and i was partying a lot back then and stuff so you know like i I mean fully functional i mean probably yeah i I would probably most of the time i was probably fully functional um but like optimally not even close and even fully functional was like hit or miss i think we can do way way better than that and i think that's what you achieve with leadership competence being 1a um a huge part of that is like I, I did an episode. I don't know if she's published it yet on uh, Seeds of Triumph. I've talked about it on a bunch of other podcasts where um, leadership and competence is the like the biggest driver of acute mental health issues in the, in the military. It just is. And you see it if you spend five minutes on the Navy subreddit or any other like veteran and or active military based community like go find one on discord go find a facebook group go find whatever you want go the meme pages is a nice little pulse there's but what you'll see if you kind of aggregate all of that data is probably a stretch but the impressions that you get from interpreting those things that's where you'd be hard pressed to not arrive at the same conclusion right where the acute mental health issues and the retention problem and the recruiting problem even um because where do you think kids nowadays are going to kind of find out about this stuff if you go in the navy subreddit or better yet there's a new to the navy subreddit um and also discord there's a bunch of kids going on there they go they're smart they know this stuff exists so they go looking for it they find it and they ask questions your retention but especially recruiting is horrific because these kids are asking questions and they're being told the truth by active duty service members and veterans and they're just waving off like oh god like no this sounds horrific and and that's the fault of leadership and competence so it's like we're and and then when manning is low and uh people are getting out and we can't recruit new people to replace them even though that's a whole nother stressor because i'd rather retain experienced trained qualified people than try have to redo that whole cycle right because like me having a fully manned division that's all first tour sailors within one year checking in is a whole hell of a lot different than me having a fully manned division with two senior second classes and a first class lpo like i probably should I'd settle for one senior second and <laughs> an LPO. I had an LPO at sea one time 
that was a fleet returnee and he was like barely a fleet good dude but like barely a fleet returnee like um the best lpo i had ever had was a he was a first tour sailor he was just an older kid more life experience and i trained the shit out of him um <laughs> just i just did uh it's what I, I what i had to work with and i could see he had the potential and the capacity for it he's a cs1 now on his way to being a chief so um but it's you, you the problem can be fixed the appetite for fixing it doesn't exist in my observations and and analysis like it's everybody i talk to and especially the things i consume the the one of the funnest examples i like to bring up is in in doing my i was doing a bachelor's degree in organizational leadership before i retired and one of the last classes I took, I wrote some, a paper or something where we we read a bunch of documents, one of which was a, a letter. Basically, it was like a I think it was like a farewell letter or like some kind of essay he, the, he wrote. But uh, at the time, I don't know if he's retired or progress on other jobs, but uh, Rear Admiral Howe, he was the commandant of the Naval War College and at coming to the end of his tour as a post command tour flag officer at the Naval War College he basically wrote in this paper that he had this epiphany that leadership was the most important thing how problematic is it that uh, a post command tour flag officer that's at the end not the beginning of his tour at the helm of the Naval War College which is like the umbrella for all of the officer leadership development stuff. It's the, it, they're the parent command for senior enlisted Academy and Naval leadership and ethics center that does all the ELD stuff. Um, at the end of his tour, he's like, Oh, leadership's the most important thing. Eureka. And I'm not like, I'm sure Admiral Howe's a great dude. I, what I'm saying is it's extremely problematic that you're having that epiphany at that point. Not because, like, you're a big dummy, but because the institution doesn't make it a priority. The institution doesn't make it a thing that matters enough to devote the leadership or to devote the, uh, well, I mean, leadership would what be what we would need to get. It's like a, it's like a, a catch-22. Um, we would need leadership to get the funding and resources and everything. But what that's what I meant to say. It was like, we need the resources and the funding and the, and, and all the things to implement what would be the infrastructure and programs and, and education that would be needed to develop leaders that can change that. Right. Like, um, but the biggest problem we have is that the institution doesn't think it's important enough. It's not that they think it's, it's not important at all, but they think it's, not important enough to create a robust infrastructure that parallels what we do for technical competence right because like they make these half-hearted efforts at it you see these little pamphlets get released um about like laying the keel this is all the things we do over the life cycle of a sailor's career and it's like in practical application no you don't like you best case scenario you get to go to the senior enlisted academy that's still not required um and at that point, all your bad behaviors and incompetence have been validated by promotions and awards and all the things because quota driven systems, we got to fill those seats, especially nowadays when everybody's getting out and nobody wants to come in. So we're in this like negative feedback loop. And that's why you, and I'm sure it's, it's getting worse because so many people, because like 
like somebody like me because he's he's calling me out as like this leadership uh ideal right i struggled with mental health at the end of my career because of how much weight i was carrying and how much i was trying to fix all of the things that i saw all the time um, and a lot of that was plugging like gaps in in leadership competence with like myself it, that and it's it wasn't my role i there's that person had a chief um they had people that should have been doing that that weren't and so i would plug that gap myself and you can you know like i thought i was 10 feet tall and bulletproof at the time turns out i'm not i i ended up with mental health issues on my way out the door and i retired at 21 instead of sticking around to be a cmc for the same a lot of those same reasons i just didn't have the juice left um and like my mental health and my physical health and all, a lot of other factors but like i voted with my feet it, 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 if you if you there's a, a sum at the end of that equation of why I left the military when I did is because I I couldn't do it anymore. Literally, I, I just I could not do it anymore. I had to leave. Um, I just was all used up. And um, if it was different, if if all those things were different and leadership competence was the norm and all the like would i be in a totally different place would i have been able to continue what i have wanted to continue i think so i hope so i hope that's what leadership competence being the 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 norm and not the exception in the military um i hope that's what it would look like and i hope that's what it would achieve and, I, and i'm confident it would in a lot of ways that doesn't mean i wouldn't have retired anyway i mean my physical health being what it was um, but would my physical and mental health have been what it was when I retired, if not for the swimming upstream for 21 years? I don't know. Um, so, I mean, that's a really long winded 25 minute way of saying like leadership development education, like 1A, it's got to be. Um, to go back to the I don't think you can train leaders thing, I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if I thought that was true. I think the, I think the uh, standard kind of equation that that people create for like what like what they think leadership should be. They have like this transformational leadership model of just this like leadership ideal, and he even called out Jervy Loda, like great dude. The, he is the exception, not the not the rule, right? And do I wish? that a guy like him would be the rule 100 percent. i wish that w was real but it's not and it never will be however leadership competence can be the norm right you're not going to create jerviolota in a lab um you're not going to create a guy like me in a lab but the people that are in the position to go into leadership like the, the way I would describe describe developing sailors in general is like everybody's got a ceiling. Some ceilings are lower than others. Right. But it's my duty. Like I have a, a, a undelegatable, if that's a word, uh, responsibility to those people to develop them to their ceiling. Right. Whatever their potential is, I got to get them there. Um, if I got every sailor in the Navy to their absolute like peak potential that institution would be functioning like grease lightning man it just would and like would some be better than others yeah 100 percent. and i think a lot more people respond to that like 
the the for lack of a better word like flamboyant leadership style that Captain Aloda has is like where he's infectious like he's he's just talking to him normally like when I did on the podcast like the dude it's just fun to talk to him he's a passionate intense dude that clearly like just radiates his love for his people and his love for what he does and not everybody's gonna do that but that doesn't mean like that doesn't mean they can't be really good leaders and I've seen like wildly varying examples of it and my favorite example is my buddy Paul um he is a very soft-spoken dude kind of awkward um gets flustered really easily like uh but he's the type of dude that would lay down in traffic for his people and they know it right and so everybody universally loved this dude he had his flaws um but he he was one of the most popular chiefs on this on the submarine i was on with him um and he was opposite of me he's not loud he's not passionate he's not like and i mean it's not to say he's not passionate like he doesn't express himself passionately um 99 of the time he's just a, a soft-spoken dude that deeply cares for his people and he takes care of his people he just does it in a different way and i've i haven't seen any sailors respond differently to him than my sailors did to me right like he was a great dude um and so I think that you don't need Jervy Aloda to get cloned a million times. You need robust leadership development and education because I can teach anyone to be a competent leadership and manager, right? Like leader and manager, sorry. Uh, <laughs> brain fog. The, uh, the thing that, like, because until you, until you take the time to develop that potential, like you're never, you never know. Um, and we're not doing that. So that therein lies the problem is like in the absence of doing that, you have rampant leadership incompetence. That rampant leadership incompetence makes everybody's life harder. And they they they're these people I don't fault because the institution isn't taking time to develop them and educate them, as is their job and responsibility to those people. If we're talking about like developing the junior sailors, like, well, these leaders need to get developed too so that they can be functional leaders. If I, if I'm responsible for training and and qualifying you to drive the submarine, I'm responsible for training and qualifying you to be in a leadership position. How dare I put you in that leadership position unqualified and unprepared to, to succeed in it. But that's what we do every day. That's what I did when I went to the chiefs board and it disgusted me. Just being honest, um, the system's broken. So I don't know how many questions I even answered here. I'm just, my point is you can't have functional leadership. Never, never mind like Jervialota, Jay Bell, Bill Houlihan, you know, Eric Antoine, shout out favorite cop ever uh level leadership until you robustly develop people as leaders um it, it it's just it's like simple arithmetic like one plus one equals two like yes technical competency and proficiency is super important and once 
like you got to do them in parallel, right? We have to do both things at the same time. Develop your your technical uh, acumen and it, through the robust systems we have in place. Um, continually improve those those systems for uh, training and qualifying you to do your job, your collateral duty, your watch station, whatever. But in parallel with that, and it really should be woven into the DNA of all those programs, is leadership development and education. And until we just bite the bullet and do the damn thing, you're gonna. This is what you're gonna get. Um, I don't know how military retention and and recruiting bounces back without it. I really don't. Uh, in the day and age that we live in, where you can just go on the internet and find out if it sucks or not, and that people are going to be honest about it. I'm going to be honest about it. I I don't know how I don't know how they recover. I don't know how an all volunteer force stays real, and that's a fun problem to workshop in some flag conference room somewhere um but yeah i i think that's i think we're at a real real existential crisis right now it's gonna be interesting to see how it develops um and the only real sort of solution i have for the the people listening is uh, you're in DIY mode until the institution gets its head out of its rear end. Um, so stuff like this. That's why I do this podcast. Um, that's why I'm trying to expand the platform. Uh, go check out other ones. Like I'm a big permission to speak for Freely fan. There, it's not specifically leadership, but they do uh, talk about that amongst other things. Um, there's a lot of of good ones out there, and, you know, like Jocko podcasts, and like there's a lot of there's a lot of really great content in the world for you to consume specifically on leadership. My, like Jocko podcast is my favorite leadership content. I mean, his books and uh, the podcast that he does, are just my favorite content ever. Um, but there's a lot out there for you to find and digest. There's a ton of books. I, I'm a big fan of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So get in. And you could get that on the internet, really, but like, get a book, get some books on psychology, get some, get some books on all the things, and and just start bettering yourself in that area. Um, you can go to college for it while you're on shore duty. Go to get an organizational leadership degree. It's it like I learned a bunch of stuff, and and granted, like I choose to go down a lot of rabbit holes because I'm so interested and do my own research, which is what led me to psychology, um, because that's how people work. <laughs> you know um but yeah i do leverage all the resources for all the things uh and to make yourself a better leader and that doesn't just mean like i was talking to that cs1 the other day telling him about uh go to career counseling school if you get the opportunity because it'll make you a better chief just because it's like a it's basically like institutional expertise school you know so if you get a chance to go to career counselor school i highly recommend it uh definitely made me a better chief uh, just because I had institutional knowledge that other chiefs didn't have because they never went to the school, never spent all that time in the Millpers, man, never, you know, like had to reenlist anybody or I, I converted a bunch of dudes through the score program. Um, she probably don't even know what that is. So, yeah, like it's there's a lot of things like that as well. But most of it, I mean, you're going to be DIY and uh, ELF, go enlisted leadership foundation. Shout out to Dave Deary and the homies. Go leverage stuff like that, like find a way and get and get to the senior enlisted academy as soon as you're able um it's great i love it it's just unfortunate that it doesn't happen sooner 
uh, or more often or required or multiply that thing by 10 and put them all over and put them in every flea concentration area. So yeah, man, I like, I hope that this was even remotely helpful, but the, the problem isn't that the people are bad that, and that's what a lot of people default to you, right? The people in these positions aren't bad people. They're not stupid. They're not useless. It's not even their fault. And I know that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow, but like I could fix that. I could cut me a check, maybe DOD, <laughs> D-O-N, whatever. Um, Dave Deary could fix that, right? Jocko could fix that. Like cut, cut Echelon Front, his consultant, consulting firm, cut them a check, a big, huge check. I mean, he would have to expand big time. I will fill the application out tomorrow. But yeah, you like there's plenty of resources. Just got to do it. And you got to be willing to cut the check, which if we're willing to cut the check for like ships and stuff and then mothball them because they suck looking at you LCSs. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, sort of. Not really. Um, yeah, it's like it's I mean, the Seawolf submarine program was like like three of them too expensive. Like uh, it's a it's a mess out there in a lot of ways. Otherwise, if we had better leadership, would that have happened? I don't know. So anyway. All right. Um, I'm going to wrap this up there. Uh, if you need anything from me, as always, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can fake Facebook messages. Don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM me on Instagram, Reddit, or Discord at Degus Podcast. If you want to support us, go to DegusPodcast.com. Uh, there's a donate button on the website, or you can go to Degus Apparel. That's Don't Give Up the Ship Apparel. Some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, get yourself some cool gear. Uh, working on new designs. I'm pretty close on a few. And then, uh, oh, Patreon.com slash Degus Podcast. If you want to be a patron, there's a ton of cool benefits. Uh, you can support us that, that way as well. Uh, but whatever you can do, we really appreciate it. If you don't got the money to spend, uh, we totally understand. You can share the content, tag people in it, like uh, and subscribe on YouTube um, and social media and share the podcasts everywhere and drop links and all the things, even just word of mouth. Like it, it all helps uh, and it has gotten us to this point. And so we appreciate you no matter what uh, you can do for us to support. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship.